Welcome to A Jolt of Joy on the Charisma Podcast Network. I'm your host, Bible teacher and author, Carol McLeod. As you probably know by now, I love digging for gold in the Word of God. I believe that the Bible is living and active and has the power to change our lives even today. Our current series is titled, Meanwhile, Meeting God in the Wait. This Bible study is a rich, historical, and powerful view into the life of Joseph of the Old Testament. Joseph is my favorite Old Testament character, and I believe that he might become yours as well. Today's episode is number four in this series, so let's dig in and get started. We've all gone through stuff that we have not enjoyed going through. We've wondered if God had forgotten us, if we had done something to deserve the pit of rotten circumstances in which we found ourselves. We've been incredulous at the way people treated us. We've looked at our circumstances and realized, I don't like what I'm seeing going on in my life. But when we look at our disappointments with the eye of faith based on the Word of God, then we know our God is able to turn it all for good. He is able to turn every meanwhile into a miracle. Well, after Joseph's brothers had thrown him into the pit, they'd sold him to the caravan of traders. They'd ripped his coat off of him, dripped blood in it, and convinced his father he was dead. The Ishmaelites, or the Midianites, the people who were on the caravan, sold Joseph to Potiphar, an Egyptian officer of Pharaoh. I think that these Midianites knew that they had happened upon treasure. Joseph was good-looking, strong, and young. I wonder if they checked his teeth and his muscles, knowing that they could sell him for a pretty penny, because Joseph was the whole package. Genesis 39, verses 1 through 3. Now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an Egyptian officer of Pharaoh, the captain of the bodyguard, bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him down there. The Lord was with Joseph, so he became a successful man, and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. Now his master saw that the Lord was with him and how the Lord caused all that he did to prosper. In these verses that we just read, we see two phrases that I must point out to you. In verse 2, it says, The Lord was with Joseph, and he became a successful man. In verse 3, we read, Now his master saw the Lord was with him, and how the Lord caused all that he did to prosper in his hand. So two times in just two verses, the Holy Spirit has assured us that even in slavery, the Lord was with Joseph. I can guarantee you, my friend, that Joseph was joyful because the Lord was with him. Psalm 1611 tells us, in his presence is fullness of joy. And the Lord's presence was with Joseph. Therefore, Joseph was experiencing fullness of joy, even when he didn't like, nor would he have chosen his circumstances. As you all know, one of my heroines of the faith is Elizabeth Elliot, and she has said, the will of God is always joy. I can guarantee you that God's will, even in my meanwhile, is joy. Whenever I teach on the Old Testament, I always try to insert 
a scripture from the New Testament. It's the same scripture every time, and it's Romans 15, 4. This is what it says. For whatever was written in earlier times was written for our instruction, so that through perseverance and the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. My friends, you can have hope when your world has come crashing down around you. You can have hope in the meanwhiles of life because you are not alone. The Lord is with you. You are not forsaken. You are not forgotten. In the meanwhiles of life is one of the times when we must lean into our faith and not our feelings. We must tell ourselves the truth of the word and not listen to the lies of our emotions. The Lord is with you. What wonderful, encouraging, hopeful instruction. It enables us to persevere in all of life's challenges. Let's read on in Genesis 39, verses 4 through 6. So Joseph found favor in Potiphar's sight and became his personal servant. And Potiphar made Joseph overseer over his house, and all that he owned he put in Joseph's charge. It came about that from the time he made him overseer in his house and over all that he owned, the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house on account of Joseph. Thus, the Lord's blessing was upon all that he owned in the house and in the field. So he left everything he owned in Joseph's charge, and with him there, he did not concern himself with anything except the food which he ate. Again, let me point out two extraordinary phrases. In verse 6, the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house on account of Joseph, and the Lord's blessing was on all that he owned. And then again in verse 6, So he left everything he owned in Joseph's charge, and with him there he did not concern himself with anything except the food which he ate. Potiphar didn't worry about paying the bills, taking out the trash, mowing the lawn, or picking up his kids from school. He didn't worry about polishing the statues, overseeing the other servants, or keeping the pantry well-stocked. This is a staggering detail. A slave? who was in charge of everything, that's nearly an oxymoron, a slave who was in charge. But again, how do we become great in God's kingdom? By being a servant of all. And Joseph had learned that lesson. The honor that Joseph earned just by being Joseph is astronomical. You see, when a man or a woman chooses to live a life of integrity, honor and righteousness, the results will be staggering. When God was speaking to Abraham in the far distant past, he made a promise. Now, let me remind you that Abraham was Joseph's great-grandfather. And this is what God said to Abraham, all the peoples of the earth will be blessed through you. Genesis 12, verse 3. Joseph was a walking, talking, living demonstration of this promise of God. Joseph knew that his purpose in life was to bless every person in his world, whether they treated him fairly and right or not. Did you know that's your purpose as well? You might be in a stressful work situation. You're there to be a blessing. You might be dealing with a difficult person. You're there to be a blessing. When you walk into a room or enter a relationship, you bring with you joy, hope, 
peace and faith. The atmosphere of every room and every relationship should change simply because you are there. Let me read to you this quote by A.W. Tozer. There are rare Christians whose very presence incites others to be better Christians. I want to be that rare Christian. Apparently, Joseph was that rare person, and I want to be that person as well. Now, Potiphar's family was heathen and did not know the God of the Bible, but they were blessed just because of one godly servant boy. Just as Joseph was Potiphar's ticket to blessing, you are the world's access to the blessing of God. Everything Joseph did, he did with excellence, with honor, and with integrity. What a man. When one man or one woman partners with God through life, their imprint will last for generations to come. The Lord can turn slavery into leadership, rejection into a place of miracles. And yet, Joseph had been sold from a life of favoritism to slavery. Still, he was a man of honor. The Christian life does not consist of great breakthroughs all the time. It consists mainly in mundane, steady obedience. Hard times show your true character, don't they? Anyone can be a person of honor and excellence when the sun is shining, the grass is green, the bills are paid, and the children are behaving well. But what kind of character do we exhibit during the difficult days of life? Do we get into a panic mode and stay up all night worrying? Do we stop tithing when the finances are tight? Do we gossip about people who've been mean to us? No, it's in the hard times of life when our character must reflect our relationship with the Lord. When you're going through a particularly difficult time, do you ask, God, have you forgotten about me? Where are you, God? I thought that I was your absolute favorite because after all, life is all about me. No, 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 no. It's in the hard times of life when we must snuggle up into his presence and hold him closer than ever. You know, Joseph could have been a man of bitterness, of anger, and of depression. He certainly had the right to be, but he chose not to be. Joseph's story was from riches to rags. Joseph chose such a healthy alternative to bitterness, depression, and anger. Joseph declared with his very life, I'm going to serve God with excellence and honor. No matter where I am, no matter who's around me, I will tap into the wisdom of God. I'll have good heart attitudes, and I will serve the people around me. Did you know that one of the extraordinary things we have read between the lines is that Joseph made Potiphar look good. Do you have the right heart attitudes and the strong moral constitution that leads you into making others look good, even when you're dealing with disappointment and unfair treatment? Well, I have named this life philosophy the Joseph Principle. When someone at work is harsh and unforgiving, demonstrate the Joseph Principle. When someone in your family is not treating you kindly or honestly, Apply the Joseph principle. When a person at church is cool towards you or even obnoxious, lovingly manifest the Joseph principle. 
because Joseph made difficult choices to be a man of honor and integrity and excellence. The Lord caused all that he did to prosper, and the Lord blessed those around him. My friend, your life is not about you. It's not about being coddled and cared for. Your life is about being a man or a woman of excellence. Your life is about choosing to be a man or a woman of honor and integrity and wisdom. You are to be a man or a woman who serves others, no matter who the others are. Obnoxious in-laws, a mean boss, a neighbor who won't leave you alone. Your call in life is to serve others with human kindness. Let's skip ahead to the New Testament for just a minute because Joseph is mentioned in the New Testament. It happens in Acts chapter 7 when Stephen the martyr was giving his defense to the high priest. He was recounting all that God had done for the faithful people of God. And of Joseph, Stephen said, God was with him. This is Joseph's legacy. God was with him in spite of horrendous circumstances. And my friend, God is with you as well. Don't be captured by your troubles, but be committed to a triumphant walk through your troubles. Declare, my eyes are on you, God. I'm more captivated by you than I am by what I am going through in life. Did you know that you get to choose your own legacy? It's true. You get to choose how you will be remembered. Will you be remembered as a person of anger and revenge, of a person who speaks his or her own mind no matter what it is? Or will you be remembered as a man or a woman of honor and blessing, of excellence and integrity. Joseph chose his own legacy, and so will you, and so will I. Genesis 39, verse 6b, Joseph was handsome in form and appearance. One translation says, now Joseph was an attractive person and fine looking. So now we know that Joseph was easy on the eyes. If People Magazine had been around in these ancient times, Joseph would have been listed on People's 10 Best Looking Men list. He would have. Joseph was not only a fine looking young man, but he also had the body apparently of an athlete. I imagine the young servant girls in the home of Pharaoh had their eyes on him. Perhaps they giggled every time Joseph walked by. But Joseph's good looks weren't enough to protect him from the harsh experiences in life. Joseph is about to experience what I like to call the terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day. Did you read that childhood book, Alexander and the Terrible, Horrible, No Good, Very Bad Day? Joseph could have written this book. Joseph can teach us a few things about rotten days, about terrible, horrible, no good, very bad days. Joseph is demonstrating that it is possible to live above your circumstances. It is possible to be faithful to God in the midst of a very rotten day. Genesis 39, verses 7 through 9. It came about after these events that his master's wife looked with desire at Joseph, and she said, Lie with me. 
But he refused and said to his master's wife, Behold, with me here, my master does not concern himself with anything in the house, and he has put all that he owns in my charge. There's no one greater in this house than I, and he has withheld nothing from me except you, because you're his wife. How then could I do this great evil and sin against God? Well, first Satan had tempted Joseph with unfair treatment with the loss of destiny and family relationships, with life as a slave. But Joseph was an overcomer. He's thriving and God is with him. Now Satan tempts Joseph with a woman, with a seductress, with physical sin. Joseph had not yet given in to bad attitudes, but will Joseph give in to moral compromise? Joseph knew that being with Potiphar's wife was not only a betrayal of human trust, but it was a sin against God first and foremost. When you're tempted to sin, remember that you're betraying God, that you're disappointing the one who cares for you, the one who loves you, the one who will never leave you, the one who has your name engraved on his hands. Genesis chapter 39, verse 10. And she spoke to Joseph day after day. He did not listen to her, to lie beside her or be with her. But day after day, she spoke to him. She was relentless. Now, because I know feminine nature and how cunning women can be, I wonder, did she dress in her most provocative clothes, purring softly? Did she have on perfumes and oils? Sin is much like part of her relentless wife. Sin will try to chase you down, dress itself up, and make itself smell good. But even with the charming pretense that sin inevitably offers, it is still ugly. Sin is deceptive and will try to cover itself up in cultural acceptance or in emotional justification. Don't believe the wiles of sin. Remind yourself often that when you sin, it's God you are disappointing with your compromising actions. Genesis 39 Verse 11, now it happened one day that Joseph went into the house to do his work and none of the men of the household was there inside. If Joseph made a mistake, this was it. I want to say dum, da dum, dum. Genesis 39, 12, she caught Joseph by his garment saying, lie with me. And he left his garment in her hand and fled and went outside. My friend, when sin reaches for you, run. Run as hard and fast as you can in the opposite direction. Don't play with sin. Don't flirt with sin. Run from sin. Don't reason with sin. Sin is not reasonable. This is the second time that a garment of Joseph caused him trouble. Now, Joseph is still a young man. He's in his early 20s, but he is about to learn that valuable lesson that hell hath no fury like a woman scorned. Genesis 39, verses 13 through 18. And when she saw that he had left his garment in her hand and had fled outside, she called to the men of her household and said to them, See, he has brought in a Hebrew to us to make sport of us. He came in to me to lie with me, and I screamed. When he heard that I raised my voice and screamed, he left his garment beside me and fled and went outside. So she left his garment beside her until his master came home. 
Then she spoke to him with these words, The Hebrew slave whom you brought to us came into me to make sport of me. And as I raised my voice and screamed, he left his garment beside me and fled outside. Joseph refused to give into the temporary pleasures in exchange for God's eternal blessing on his life. Genesis 39, verses 19 through 22. Now, when Joseph's master heard the words of his wife, which she spoke to him saying, this is what your slave did to me, his anger burned. So Joseph's master took him and put him into the jail, the place where the king's prisoners were confined. And he was there in the jail. But the Lord was with Joseph and extended kindness to him and gave him favor in the sight of the chief jailer. The chief jailer committed to Joseph's charge all the prisoners who were in the jail so that ever was done there, he was responsible for it. This is the most amazing thing. The Lord was with Joseph and showed him kindness and favor even in jail. Don't ever forget when you are in what you would consider to be your very worst spot in life. God hasn't changed. He still is who he says he is. His character remains constant. He is still a God of eternal goodness and unending kindness. He showers all that he is and all that he has toward his beloved children. Now, dreadful events may deny outward blessings. They may even confine us in a dungeon of pain, but they are unable to deny us sweet communion with God, our Father and our Creator. Genesis 39, 22. The chief jailer committed to Joseph's charge all the prisoners who were in the jail so that whatever was done there, he was responsible for it. Boy, you can't keep a good man down, can you? Joseph was resilient. What kind of metal was this man made of? What was his emotional constitution? Well, I can't help but think that Joseph was made of the stuff of which heroes are made, and so are you. All it takes is a willing heart. All it takes is a commitment to integrity and excellence. All it takes is an attitude that shouts, God is in charge. I will not be shaken. Potiphar's seductive lying wife was not able to change, to alter the destiny of Joseph. Genesis 39, 23. The chief jailer did not supervise anything under Joseph's charge because the Lord was with him and whatever he did, the Lord made to prosper. There's the story told of William Sangster, a well-known English pastor. He was told that he had what we now know as Lou Gehrig's disease. His muscles would gradually waste away, his voice would finally fail, and he would lose the ability to even swallow. Sangster made the following resolution and stuck with these resolutions the rest of his life. Number one, I will never complain. Number two, I will keep the home bright. Number three, I will count my blessings. Number four, I will try and turn it to good. Sangster figured that he could still write and that he could still pray for missionaries. 
He called on Christians throughout England to form prayer cells. He took misfortune and turned it into triumph because he believed the God of the Bible who always takes our worst circumstances and turns them into good. William Sangster took his terrible, horrible, no good, very bad life situation and used it to honor God. That is his legacy. Will it be yours? You know, believers have no control over some experiences in life. However, we can respond to unjust circumstances with faith and with integrity. The person who is faithful in the small things in life will ultimately be given responsibility for greater things. At the lowest point in Joseph's life, in the strangeness of a foreign land, with no friends and no prospect for release, God initiated the steps that brought about deliverance for Joseph, his family, and the world. I wonder, what miracles might God produce from your situation? I hope that you will always remember that you serve a God who turns all of your meanwhiles into miracles. Well, if you enjoyed today's teaching on A Jolt of Joy, I'd like to encourage you to buy a copy of my most recent book, Meanwhile, Meeting God in the Wait. Also available are the eight teaching videos that will enhance your study in this wonderful look at the life of Joseph. The book, meanwhile, is available on my website, carolmccloudministries.com, on Amazon, Ironstream Media, and really wherever books are sold. The video teaching series, however, is only available on my website, carolmccloudministries.com, and at my publisher's website, ironstreammedia.com. I'd love to hear from you, so feel free to email me at carol at carolmccloudministries.com. We love to pray for everyone who connects with us, so be sure and send me your prayer request. I want to remind you today that when you choose Jesus, you're choosing joy. His will for your life is an inexpressible and relentless joy. Don't ever doubt it. And as always, I dare you to choose joy.